You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 48 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the wicked Jeff Gargas. <laughs> the wicked. Now I'm laughing extra. Uh, that's a good one. I, I, I like that one. Where did that one come from? Well, the wicked seemed like a good one. I was messaged it by two different people on Twitter. And what I liked about wicked is it either was like, dude, you're so wicked, like in a great <laughs> way or dude. in a really mischievous, mean way. I'm not sure which way they meant it. I'm pretty sure I'm the dude way. I don't know. I mean, Jeff, you're pretty wicked, wicked, but I don't know. I am wicked awesome. Well, before we get into any (laughs) wicked awesome Jeff Gargas-ness that we're about to have in this episode, I do want to also celebrate the incredible educator that I'm so honored to talk to that we are also featuring on Teach Better Talk. So before we get into all the fun, Jeff, how's your wicked day going? (laughs) Uh, I'm doing wickedly, I guess. Um, No, seriously, I actually am feeling wicked. I'm super excited. Um, this is number three for us tonight. Uh, I, I don't know. A lot of people listen might not know that you and I do um, usually do, you know, at least two of these every Monday when we're recording. Sometimes it's one, but a lot of times it's two. Tonight's three. So this is the third time we're doing this. And this is a, so it's a lot of fun. But this is kind of a cool one, too, because we're actually talking with a fellow podcaster, um, a fellow edu podcaster, if you will. So we're talking with Sarah Johnson. And you probably know Sarah as one of the authors of the book balance like a pirate um if you don't know balance like a pirate it's a phenomenal book it's balance like a pirate going beyond work-life balance to ignite passion and thrive as an educator sarah is also an entrepreneur and i love that she's an entrepreneur ray you know i love that type of stuff um but she is an education consultant um she's recently taken a leap of faith as she will call it um to step out and try and teach to the masses and work with teachers as a consultant um, because of that, she has founded the NLLC, which works and focuses on amplifying and empowering women. Um, and through that, she's also created the NAW podcast, which is a phenomenal podcast that shares um, empowering stories from women, both in and outside of education. Um, it really is a great podcast. I am actually subscribed to it. I love it. Uh, it's, it's doing fantastic. Prior to all this, Sarah was an English teacher grades 6 through 12. Um, she's also been a district writing coach and a building administrator at a whole bunch of different levels um, from pre-K all the way up to 12th grade. And now she still actually still stays very close to schools, um, still substitutes um, for principals in the district that she was most recently in. So lots of stuff going on. So really, really cool. Sarah, I'm super excited to have you on tonight. A lot of things we can talk about. So I, we're going to dive into a lot of stuff. But first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much for taking some time out of your obviously very busy life and chatting with us and hanging out with us. So how are you feeling tonight? Well, great. We're old friends already. And I'm just sitting here smiling, listening to you too, uh, because Wicked is my favorite musical. And I you got a frog in your throat. I was going to say the same thing. That's I was right. about You that. got this. Like, just Guys, I feel like we should sing. Do you want to sing? <laughs> Absolutely. I do, are, right? Are, are we going to sing now? Is that... Well, we were talking about Joe earlier and how he likes to sing, right? So maybe we should. Should we sing uh, Why don't right we now? save that for the end? Yeah, we'll save it oh, for the end. That's shoot. a good idea. I think that's a plan. 
Sounds good. I was all pumped up for a second. My heart was just pounding like, put me in, put me in, coach. I got this. Got the mic. Well, you know, Ray, I do need to tell you that, you know, Sarah and I were on Fox earlier. She actually <laughs> she actually challenged me to find something to trip her up. So, so maybe that's where we need to go. Maybe we need to do a singing thing. Well, I hope she prepared to find gravity. That and, and something has changed within me, baby. But you know what? Here's the Ooh. deal. Like, I'm worried, though, that people are going to find me. Like, Hollywood is going to f- listen to this episode, and then they're just going to snatch me right up, and all this great work I'm doing is just going to be over. So we just can't. <laughs> You're right, Sarah. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. All right. Well, for the sake of the world of education, we won't do it. <laughs> Sounds good. <sighs> Well, Sarah, I have loved getting to know you virtually, but I'm very excited for our conversation. I know Jeff gave you a fabulous introduction because you've done so many great things. But if we could take a minute and just really answer the real question, right? I mean, there's no way you say that you've done all of those things in one breath when someone says what you do. So how do you answer, you know, what you do for a living? Uh, That one has been uh, simplified and actually the one that stumped me for a while, uh, to be honest, because I've written about this a lot. You know, we kind of layer on our titles, the older we get and the more blessings we collect. And it's so easy to say, well, I'm a principal or I'm a teacher or I'm a, I'm a, um, and so I found myself in that weird, funny space in between all of it. And I guess what I come down to it is I just, I do a lot of listening lately and at my roots, I'm a teacher and a learner still. So right now my scale, uh, my leadership scale has just amplified you know, I don't, I don't have 25 staff members in front of me. Um, you know, I get to work with other staff members when I'm working with um, organizations. I am working with, you know, upwards of, of 50 or whatever. It's just it's totally changed. So, but anyway, at the heart of it, I still get to teach and I'm always learning. That learning curve is, is huge right now for me. I love it. I love that you say that you just, that you listen. That's <laughs> your, one of your jobs. And like, that's such an important skill to master and such an important thing to just do on a regular basis and everything you do requires so much of that just listen and understand what's going on uh so really really cool so i want to talk so um a pretty uh pretty awesome uh journey you've been on so far i mean in the classroom at all different levels and different positions as an and then in an administration uh an author a speaker working with uh businesses working with other school uh, with other teachers and schools and uh, your own business on a podcast, there's a lot of stuff that you've done. So I know that there's got to be some times where you've had some slip-ups, maybe a little mistakes and some failures and stuff. So I'm going to talk about one of those with you. Anyone who knows me knows that I talk about it all the time, that I've been very fortunate to fail a lot because I learn from each and every one of those, and I appreciate them. I might not appreciate them at the time it happens, but I appreciate them later on when I'm able to reflect. So I was hoping that you could do that with us tonight. Can you take us to a time that you failed? Kind of tell us what happened. Why was it a failure for you? How did you overcome it? And then what did you take away from that experience? Yeah. Well, and first, I just want to thank you for your messages out there when you're talking about I'm seeing a lot of messaging for failing forward and gaining lessons from that failure because we do need to be able to grow through that. And the one that I would share is because there's so many, obviously, uh, failures I thought about sharing with the classroom, but I thought best to share the one that really was life changing for me. And basically what I would say is when I transitioned from the classroom, I was a high school English teacher. And I transitioned to an elementary school principal and I was offered the position after Labor Day. So, you know, I was straddling the line of teaching and also this monumental transition into a principal without even being in my building with, you know, the staff and the students Mm. because I was teaching, you know, until they found a replacement. And I just 
ended up finding myself martyring. I would say I was martyring myself for servant leadership, you know, in all of those spaces. I had a three-year-old child and a baby that wasn't quite one. And I was driving 45 minutes both ways. And in order to kind of keep all those plates spinning, I found myself just never, ever taking care of my health or my spiritual or my emotional well-being because I was just, you know, I worked so hard to become a principal. I got my license early. I had it back in 2007 and really was looking forward. I just always wanted to be a principal, had that leadership journey in my vision for before I even became a teacher. And so I really poured hard and I poured out every last bit of energy I had. I didn't have any circuit breakers in place. Um, I did not even consider self-care. And I found myself at a point after basically taking that frenetic pace of that transition and just living it like that for two years, depleted uh, to a point where, I mean, I really don't know how I was leading in any arena very well. And, uh, you know, by the end of that, I had habits that were formed that were really rough and basically nearly lost my marriage in any sense of myself. And that's a really dangerous place to be. So I would say that despite all great advice of taking care of yourself and, you know, knowing your limits, I didn't take any of that advice. And that was a really huge failure for me. Wow. That was a, I really appreciate you sharing that story. That was a, a, a deep a reflection yeah. in that. I'm glad that you've come out of that. Um, what were some of the ways, things that you really had to flip and are there things that you put in place, any practices that you put in place or routines you put in place that helped you sort of come back from that? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the first thing that I, cause I would say that, um, it took me a while. And honestly, I remember just this very pivotal moment. I think you have life moments that you just remember for the rest of them. And the pivotal one for me was my husband and I had gone on a trip and I, we talked about applying for a position that was six miles away. And I really fought myself on it because I thought, I don't want to leave this learning community after only two years. And I really wanted to keep pouring in there. I was just loving it, but I thought I can't continue. So I did go ahead and put it together an application for the, the position that was six miles away and click submit. Um, but then unfortunately, I didn't put the stuff in place anyway. You know, I didn't uh, pack my lunches. I didn't. Um, you know, make sure that I was making time for myself or reflecting or taking quiet time and solitude and reflection. I was just still just running at that pace, but there are reasons for that. Um, and eventually though, the one thing that I did hold on to was my running streak. So I clicked submit on July 11th, 2014, and I started running that day too. And I never stopped. I've, I kept hold of that and I'm really proud of that piece. So that, you know, kind of carried me through some really challenging times in the transition to a new position. And I've never let that go. It doesn't matter if it's a mile or 26.2, I keep it. And I have kept that for every day since then. Um, and that really has been centering for me. I love it. Cause I've been running since August um, and loving it. Went through an injury for about five weeks and I've been back on it just on Sunday, got my first race and I've ha after having to miss four. Um, it was just 5k, but I'm preparing for my first half and then my first full is in September. 
Um, so you, you've been on a streak. So is there a minimum distance that you have that you have to run in order to do that? You know, you're laughing at me cause you know where this question's coming from, but yeah. <laughs> that, that you have to run in order to qualify or you said it doesn't matter whether it's one or 26. Is there a minimum though? Like, are you able to go 0.25 or do you have to go at least a mile? Yeah. My minimum has been a mile, uh, for that. Has been a mile, okay. Yeah. Yep. And you know, I, I kind of chuckled because I think people, are afraid of that compulsion. You know, it's, it's an intimidating mm -hmm. thing that nobody wants to start a streak because they feel like once they stop, they'll fail or whatever. But I have, you know, I've had injuries too. And you just, not bad, thankfully that haven't sidelined me completely. But if I have to run, walk, I'll do that. You know, training for a marathon, it's not like you always run every flipping second. <laughs> you know? People seem to be confused by that, like that you don't run <laughs> you're not running 26 miles every every week. A lot of times you're running three or four miles a, a day, and maybe you have a longer one, a shorter one, whatever things like that. Like my plans got me running the week before my half. I'm only my max, my highest distance only like six, I think. Right. So it's like, but I've gotten it before. So yeah, it's an interesting way. But yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's something that you've gotten into that you're doing. So we'll have to talk more about that. Yeah, I do have uh, one more though. I'll wheel share is I have kept 100 miles per month. This is kind of my measurement. So okay. um, sometimes it'll be one mile. Other times it's going to have to be six to make up for that. But Now, how long have you been hitting the 100 miles per, per month? Do you have the track number of how yep. many months? It, well, it'll be four years in June. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting. That is really cool. I, I feel like you just answered this next question, but let's <laughs> do it anyway. So let's let's talk about a success because that sounds like a whole bunch of them. But uh, hopefully you have a whole bunch of others. But and something that I, I like you to share something with us a successful moment. And this can be big or small, but um, tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that? Well, I do want to tie that there because you know that failure with the lack of taking care of yourself really turned into a success. Because I mean, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that I'm a co-author of Balance Like a Pirate, and legit like. I lived that message for the last year that I served in the learning community that I transitioned into. But when I got to that learning community, it was rough. Um, I was depleted spiritually, emotionally. My brother completed a suicide December of that year. We had a highly publicized student walkout. Lawsuits were looming. Uh, you know, staffing was a challenge. There was just so much there. But holding on to that uh, running streak is really what completely turned around for me and held me through all of those days. Uh, but, you know, at two years into that, I started changing some other pieces and just adding in like morning reflection time, um, actually planning for, for lunches, you know, keeping track of my sleep and truly by the time I left, I had such a solid kind of holistic approach to what I was doing that I felt really good about leaving there. And I would say that if I hadn't put those pieces into place for myself, then I could not have led in the way that I did in that district. Um, and I would share that an, like an outward measure of success was one of the most vocally unhappy veteran teachers in that school at the first year told me when I left that uh, he wished that he, I had been the principal he was retiring with. And I just know that that was because of, and I was able to bring the joy and kind of bleat that light out because of what I was doing to fill my own cup. And so I was able to kind of build back a climate and start to shift a culture, uh, even despite all of that. And living that message really was a change for me in all spaces. You know, home life has, has turned around and, you know, we can look back at those days now and say, I'll never do it again. You know, I'll be careful when I make a transition. I'm mindful about it now. 
Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. Don't worry, we're going to get right back to the episode, but I really want to check out and make sure that you are connected with us on social media. Ray and I and the entire Teach Better team want to connect with you. We want to hear your stories. We want to be a part of your journey. We want to be there to support you in any way we can, and we want to learn and grow with you. So please connect with us. Everything we have is at Teach Better Team. And then, of course, make sure you connect with me at Jeff Gargas and Ray at Ray Hewitt. Let's get back to the episode. Gosh, Sarah, I've loved just soaking in your stories this this whole, I mean, we've gone through three questions and I'm just memorized by listening to your voice and listening to your stories. The focus on self-care is not just something I believe that teachers must start taking ownership of and, and taking care of themselves, but something I'm currently working on. So it, I'm just connecting so much with with your tips and stories. And I just think that's so important as educators continue to do all the things, right? They're, the educators continue to try and bring in new things to their classrooms. They're connecting, you know, through a PLN social, you know, on social network, and they're they're putting all these pieces together. But then they also need to take time for themselves. And and as all that happens, obviously, you're somebody that that is at the forefront of helping teachers do that, which is very powerful. Well, thank you, Ray. And I do really find it that I'm thankful because, as you know, Jeff had mentioned we learn from our mistakes. So how glorious that I get to take this and make a difference for other people too. And, you know, I, what I love too about the idea that you said is we grow our PLNs and, you know, every time we add a blessing, we got to figure out what we're going to let go of, you know, cause otherwise at some point we're going to spill over. So Jeff, I feel like we're not good at that. What are you letting go of? Your schedule is pretty busy. Yeah, but I've got things that I do. I, and I've been focused on that more recently about about stuff. I mean, my workouts and running have been a huge help, and I'm actually I've actually got scheduled in now in my mornings for reading and writing and stuff, which is which is really helping a lot. So, see, listeners, tough. even when you're like the busiest people ever, you can still find time for yourself. That's that's like honestly a big deal. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, well, you lose I have to it say, you can't. Sorry, if you lose it, you can't pour it out to others. Then that's just the way it goes. Oh yes, oh that's awesome. I love, I love that. It. Well, I have to say that um, my next question for you was what's getting you excited about education right now? Obviously, teachers working on themselves is important, but I'm so interested to hear about what is getting you excited these days for education. Ray, I am super pumped about all I'm seeing about social emotional learning focus because there's such a shift from accountability and measurements to relationships and caring about kids, you know, we're all beautiful souls on complicated journeys and we really need to focus on, you know, the whole child. And I know it's easier for me to say, I, I think my head isn't on a chopping block anymore for <laughs> state accountability report cards and all of that. But with the experience that I've had of over a decade of wide ranging grade levels, age levels, different learning communities, it always comes down to whole child, wholehearted approaches to our children. And also I would transition that to our staff too, because we need that. We know more and more about secondary trauma and trauma invested practices. And we know the effects that it's having on us as educators. And I love that this message is getting out there and that um, people are focusing on both levels. Well, so if you don't mind, I'd love to keep on that trend. Social emotional learning is such an important topic right now. People are talking about it but the next question I had for you was kind of about advice for teachers. And if you'd be willing, I, I not only would love to hear your advice for teachers, but also how can teachers start their journey through through social emotional learning for their students more purposefully? Do you have any tips or tricks on how a teacher who wants to get started, but maybe they're 
their administration hasn't adopted this mindset yet. You know, how can a teacher really ensure those practices are in their classroom? Well, I'm going to, since you asked that question, to hook into that. There's so many resources, obviously, everywhere, and your listeners are really well connected. So just start learning. I loved, I had a teacher that was really uh, mindful about mindfulness practices. And I was just having this conversation the other day, high school math teacher, and I could go into her classroom and in any given day and know that she knew what was going on in her students' lives and making connections for them. For example, and they would start out with like a, a mindfulness practice. So she would have them sit and think and consider a topic that was relative to them, but that they could also meditate. And the students, I mean, we're talking about high school students who had failed algebra maybe two, three times even. And they're in the class choosing to meditate for three to five minutes, they would decide and do it intentionally because this the teacher would focus on their well-being and care, you know, and it was really kind of exceptional. So I would just say, start finding the little practices, choose one that you are comfortable that you think is going to work well for your students and just learn and try, take a risk. I think you're going to find that when you spend time on the relationships with students, it's going to pay dividends every time. Gosh, I couldn't agree more. I think that's so important. And in terms of advice to the teachers, I would say too for us, like our mindset matters and who you surround yourself with matters a great deal. And, you know, our energy is contagious. Our enthusiasm is contagious, but so is the lack of it. And we just recommend to teachers, make sure that you're being mindful about who you connect with, who you trust as your mentors and your sponsors, and be a good consumer of the model that you kind of place your disposition after, because we all have our baggage and education is really challenging. You know, you got to find the people that are going to boost you up. I love it. Um, I want to take just a second, sir. Can we talk just for a couple minutes about your NAWE LLC and what you're doing over there with with both the the, the new company and the podcast? Can you give us sort of an overview of, of what you're trying to accomplish, what your mission is, and what you're doing? Oh, thanks for asking. So, um, first of all, business is a loose word right now, um, and entrepreneur is a big one, right? So, I just made the decision, and finally, and this is a spiritual calling for me in December, knowing where it was that I was supposed to go. And I'm supposed to, you know, amplify and empower women because um, my whole life I have been a female leader experiencing what it's like to just be a little bit on the outside and, you know, working really hard, but maybe not always having the same experience that my male counterparts have. And it's not, it doesn't come up, it doesn't manifest out of a feeling of scarcity. It manifests out of a desire just simply to uh, lift my sisters, uh, to help them have great, powerful experiences and to empower others to hear that we are enough. We got we got it going on. So the Anna podcast is basically me chatting with women about their life stories and um, just amplifying their power. And then uh, in on LLC is growing. And right now I'm just working on academies and communities where I will have um, coursework and kind of like a coaching model for women to join up. And we'll be talking around these topics, balance. We'll be talking about, um, you know, of course, work-life balance. But we'll also be talking about just negotiating, um, you know, knowing your worth. But typically around the three ideas of balance, resilience, and faith. So it'll be a community that I'm trying to build. I love it. 
and the um, the stories that you're sharing and the voices that you're trying to amplify are are important. They need to be out there. So it's fantastic what you're doing. I love it. Um, how many episodes are we into now? <laughs> I've published eleven. Published eleven. So that's awesome. As a part of the duo that's done whatever we're at. How many we're at, Ray? What episode this is this? This was forty eight. Forty eight. So so we know. Um, Ray and I know. We know how that is and what it takes to get it going and, get, and stuff. So that's awesome. Congrats on that. That's an awesome accomplishment to have 11 out. I've enjoyed listening. So so that's just awesome. Um, so let's have some fun now. We're going to do the next six questions. You have 15 seconds or less to answer each. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. Here we go. What is one EdTech tool you cannot live without? Voxer. Game changer. I would say life changing for the connections with my PLN. Love it. What is a book you're reading right now? The Confidence Code for Girls, and that is by Caddy Kay and Claire Shipman. It's for teenage ladies. Love it. Do you have another one on there? Nope. That's all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Okay. Check out Elizabeth Follis. She is at lessons underscore by underscore Liz, and she is a teacher who is just kind of connecting, but she's super positive and she clearly creates a nice little culture in her school. I've connected with her through the balance lab message. She's an aspiring administrator, but special education and co-teacher is just fantastic. Fantastic. And what is the best YouTube channel for educators? I like Goalcast and TED Talks. And give us one daily, weekly, or monthly routine every educator should get into. You got to set a morning routine. I think it's imperative to set the tone for the day. And I do suggest Miracle Morning. Um, it by Hal Elrod. It's a real mm. nice, easy read. Yeah. You could probably get it uh, for free on Audible. Um, he's very generous, gifts, you know, gifts uh, the book, and it's pretty cheap either way, but it's a real quick one, and it is, it's life-changing. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> this is so awkward, but I read it um, at a funeral once, and it's an anonymous quote, but live the way in which you want to be remembered. And I just think that, you know, I genuinely try to do that. And it basically can impact every corner of our life. If we do that, it's centering, it's reflective, and it just helps to set my tone for how I want to act in any given moment. Sarah, I've loved our conversation. This is, you know, so many podcasts, we talk to so many educators. This one is definitely in my favorites category. I've just learned so much. I feel like I was taking notes. I have so many things I'm going to go back and make sure I go look up. And I, I want to make sure that our listeners who are getting this much value as well, continue the conversation. So would you mind sharing out the ways that everybody can connect with you and just keep in this journey of, you know, building a network of incredible educators? Thank you so much, Ray. And I would say that it's really easy to find me on any social media outlet. It's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-S-A Johnson. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook that way. I do have a website, sarahsajohnson.com. And you can find the In Awe podcast on any platform where you can find podcasts. You could also check out Balance Like a Pirate. And that is co-authored by the amazing Jessica Johnson and Jessica Cabine. Awesome. Love and you can find everything that we talked about on this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with Sarah and finding the book and finding her amazing podcast. So we'll have all of that over in the show notes. So make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, Ray would be extremely happy about that. And you know what? When you're over there giving us a rating and review, make sure you Subscribe to the In All Podcast and give th that show a rating review as, as well. Really, truly appreciate it. 
Uh, Sarah, really fun episode, awesome value. Um, I, I know everyone's going to get a lot out of this. Really appreciate you hanging out with us, having some fun, taking some time out of your day, and and uh, we just appreciate you. Well, I appreciate both of you. Thank you so much for, for having me. Absolutely. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. Mm-hmm.